Welcome everyone to another episode of Indla Podcast. Today I'm going to be sharing with you what I learned and my experiences with buying and selling three properties. Little background, I was born in Mexico and then came here when I was 12, joined the Air Force when I was 18, got into real estate at the age of 22, well bought my first property at the age of 22 and then learned a bunch of stuff after that. Yeah, so I'm going to just share with you a little bit about what I learned and so forth. But before I get started, I just want to make myself this drink because I did consume cannabis before recording this episode. And I also experienced cotton mouth. So... I am making this, it, this is like a soda, but it's like the meathead version. Like, it's not an energy drink, you know, it's it's a soda, like a meathead soda. So, take a scoop of BCAs, MTS Nutrition, and some sugar-free Sprite. Pour the BCAs over some ice. Dump the Sprite and the BCAs. And then just let it fizz for a little bit and then sip on that. This has zero calories and all the gains that you could imagine. So <clears throat> it's one of my it's one of my secrets. One of many secrets. But to get back to my real estate experience, I really didn't have much of a background in real estate. In terms of education, I didn't really know exactly what did it really entail, but I just knew that if you were in the military, you could buy a house. That's really the extent of my knowledge. And, you know, I partied pretty hard during my 21st like that year that I was 21 so that's where all of my time and energy went to to like just going ham whenever I bought my house I my my first it was a condo when I bought my first condo that's when even though it wasn't for to make money on it it was it's not like I bought it to resell it to profit it was I just knew that I was gonna improve my quality of life that was my whole purpose of doing it i just was paying rent every month and i knew that, that wasn't getting me anywhere and i also the type of neighbors that i was you know around i f figured that if i took the same amount of money that i was paying for rent and then just took that and put it into something else like a house ideally but i was also 21 and tw or 22 I was 22 when I bought it but I was 21 when I was looking and I just knew that I wanted a party dude you know I wanted to rage and really taking care of a fucking front yard and a backyard it seemed like work that I just didn't want to do so I wasn't very attracted and also I was limited I, I think yeah I was limited in what I could really afford and I was I was single I mean I was also 22 or 21 so I was very limited in what I could afford, right? Because I had just my military income. And I remember being limited to very small homes. 
like homes that I was like, ugh, this is tiny, you know, because I'm I'm tall and I I just wanted something big, right? And I was looking at these homes that I could technically afford, and there were similar square footage as my apartment, and I was like, ugh, like I don't want to buy this. And then the biggest ones that I was looking at, or like the ones that were in the bigger scale. They just happened to be condos, and I started looking into, well, not looking, I just kind of learned what a condo was, the difference between a condo and an apartment, and I then, I don't know how or what or, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what guided me to make this decision, but what I was looking after was what's going to be the easiest. That was the, like, my really my focus at the time. So I picked the best looking condo. It had, it didn't have the smallest, yeah, it didn't have the smallest yard, but it was, it, it, it was in a, it was like more accessible from the parking lot, right? Like, so whenever I parked my car, it was like, I was close. I didn't have to go upstairs or anything, which that's one thing. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have the apartment feeling. But I also didn't really want the responsibility of a house. I just was subconsciously going that route. But I ended up picking just an, the easiest looking one, right? Like the chillest, the chillest, the the one with the least amount of maintenance, the one that had the the one that had the washer and dryer already in there. You know that I wasn't gonna have to buy anything. That's what I picked. And whenever I lived there, I mean, I did some improvements. I. <laughs> You know, I, I didn't know any better. So when I bought the house, the recommendation from the inspector was to change the water heater. And they were going to credit me, but they weren't going to. Yeah, they were like. They're counter to that request to uh, change the water heater. It was to replace <laughs> the the water heater. You know, they were like replace it. And then so. But then they didn't want to do it. They just said, they just credited me $1,000. But the guy was like, you need to replace this like ASAP. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. And I bought it by myself, you know. So I didn't do it. And and I just, I think I spent the grant. or I don't even know what ended up happening with that money. Or anyway, it just, it didn't matter. I didn't do it. And probably about six months later, my water here busted. It was in the second story. Cause this was a two story kind of apartment thing and it was in the second, the water here was the second story and I was working nights at the time and I woke up and I stepped in a puddle and I was like, Ooh, this is not good. So I, uh, I had a flooded second story and a flooded first story cause it all went downstairs and I had a carpet, you know, like, so the carpet was ruined upstairs and downstairs and it had this big ass fucking bubble um, I don't know, it just like stained, it was, it was like a water stain, and yeah, so I did get that replaced, just the downstairs carpet, I put tile on there, and then I upgraded the fireplace, and then whenever I sold it, I lost about a grand or something, so I had to, I ended up having to pay money, like closing costs and shit, um, and it just so happened, dude, it just so happened, <clears throat> that i i wasn't really conscious i wasn't really conscious of the amount of money that i was 
getting. I wasn't conscious about the amount of money that I was spending on it. I just, I just felt that I couldn't lose because I was like, well, at least I have, I'm paying for something. And I don't, I don't really, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew that this was better. Me buying a condo was better than paying rent for an apartment. That's really all I fucking like was sure of. Right. So I said, fuck it. Whenever it was time to sell it, because I bought my first duplex, this is what was like intentional, I guess. Um, my duplex was intentional. This one wasn't. But whenever it was time to sell it, uh, we ended up selling it. And I think I ended up just breaking even, like not even making. I think I ended up having to pay to close the house. Or something like that. But it really, I didn't make shit. I didn't make anything. I didn't make a goddamn thing on that condo. What I did get, though, out of it was I, I understood the rules of the game a little bit. I understood how the lending process worked a little bit better because the first time I did it. I learned just, you know, like I learned the importance of the inspection, like what that means. I didn't know what that meant like, But I learned how crucial those things were I also Learned That Well it taught me a lot of Yeah just like A little bit more responsibility Because Because I lived in the condo And there was a homeowners association I started to Well like I don't, It's not that I was Doing anything bad But I guess I figured out That the rules were enforced by just leverage right and the leverage consisted of this property management company being able to put liens on your property so whenever you sell it you still owe them money and that's how they enforce the rules and you know they could, they could technically like kick you out and shit uh that was my understanding of it and i was like okay so even though like you own you don't really own because there's this association that oversees the exterior of the property so as long as you're like in your little fucking square and don't get out of it, don't break the rules or, you know, but the really, the rules are there just to maintain like peace. It, it's really not bad, but, um, it was interesting because I saw just a different type of, I saw the difference between renting an apartment and the behavior of the people that live there and the behavior of people that bought like owned that condo and even though you know the living situation wasn't very far from different right um it still generated a different perspective of the people that lived in that area they were a little bit more reserved they were a little bit more conservative a little bit more independent you could tell there's def definitely there's that there was definitely a lot of uh individuality within reason and so I, I learned just that whole component. I didn't understand that before. And I, would have, I wouldn't have understood it if it weren't for uh, me buying that, that property the first time. So, yeah, I learned, I learned that. I also learned what sells a property and what doesn't. <laughs> like, I, uh, I, I learned about just upkeep and, you know, if you... If, if you neglect certain things, 
they will definitely like they're definitely going to come back right uh th- there's there's certain things that you can't avoid for example the like if you have a like i had a small yard like probably about a nine by nine yard and there was this fucking tree over it and every fall you know the my yard we covered of of leaves and there was one year that i didn't fucking do it and and then the second year the leaves came again and it was just i i couldn't not do it anymore so uh i realized that i was like oh fuck if i don't do this like it's my fault you know and if i don't prioritize this then it's like i'm only fucking myself so it taught me a lot of personal responsibility like you know and things that you don't really i, I guess i wasn't really thinking about all that shit before but yeah it made me realize that so also i started learning a little bit about reputation you know because like there's definitely people in the community and just communities in general that been there longer than others so they know certain things about other people um so then there's definitely a reputation component that i noticed i hadn't noticed before i had to really pay attention to it yeah those were more or less the lessons that i got from that property um you know not really making any money but it you know it put me in contact with it put me on the map of the lending opportunities it put me on the map of hey i i have history of making these payments so whenever i was looking for my second home because i wanted to i wanted to exit the current property that I was in, which was, like I said, a condo, into something that I could actually profit off of. Because one of the things that is interesting about condos is typically the homeowners association, the fee is there to prevent people from subleasing. And it's not, that's not always the case. And this this doesn't always happen. But that is more or less the purpose because that's the difference typically between condos and apartments is that condos are typically individually owned, whereas apartments, the whole building is owned by one person. Um, So uh, in this case, the HOA where I lived at or the the community which I lived at, that was very much the case. So even if I left and I wanted to rent out the property, my mortgage payment plus the homeowner association was enough, like, significantly more than the max rent that i could charge so i would have to been paying a couple hundred dollars a month just to keep the property under my name and you know i could have stayed there if i wanted to long term but i knew that i was gonna i didn't want to live in the area long term so i needed to be somewhere where when i left i was able to make money off of it so just like a lot of us, you know, I wanted to find a multi, multi-family property, so I, that's what I was hunting for, and I didn't have a success story that a lot of people have, where they found this fucking fourplex, and then everything was the game changer, but, but no, like, my shit was tough, dude, like, <laughs> I had a hard time finding units, I had a hard time getting taken seriously by some real estate agents, you know, um, and yeah, dude, I've, eventually i found this one unit that it wasn't your traditional duplex because it was just two fucking houses right but then there were both houses were different they were just in the same lot 
and that was that was probably one of the best it's probably one of the best scenarios that I found. I found other ones that had a lot of potential, but this one was a multi-door opportunity for me. So I moved in there and I attempted to rent it out. The home was so fucking old that uh, it needed a whole, it needed so much work, but it was an opportunity. So I went ahead and invested in that one. And um, that one, that one was like super humbling. That one was like the most humbling, one of the most humbling experiences that I've put myself in. Um, so, but I'll finish this story after I tell you about this one. During the time that I owned this duplex, or sorry, just my second property that I purchased was I purchased another condo. But this time was in inside a building that it mimicked a fucking apartment. And it was very small. It was a one-bedroom, one-bathroom. This time I did it with a partner. This time I did it under a business. This time I did things, I guess, like the right way. And ultimately, that unit was probably one of the ones that took the most patience, the most work, the most commitment, dude, the most fucking outside of your comfort zone as you could fucking be. Like, it tested me in every fucking level. It tested areas of life that I wasn't prepared to be tested on, like my health, my professional life, you know, that was outside of this profession, of the real estate profession. That one, I leveraged my personal assets to meet or to uh, like facilitate the funds to purchase this one unit. And we purchased the cash. Like I said, we leveraged our personal assets to purchase this cash. We did all the work ourselves, 100% of it. Well, <clears throat> I guess there was an exception. Like There was a window that needed to be replaced. I think that one we, we outsourced. But we did a full flip. So we redid the whole kitchen. We redid the whole fucking bathroom. I mean, we installed the fucking bathtub in there. We, um, we ripped out all the carpet. We installed the tile obviously painted and we tiled the whole place so then we airbnb it while we we had listed it on the market and that was very interesting because one of the components about airbnb that i think are probably one of the riskier ones is just the the prep work, the attention to detail that it takes when you first start off, like you don't know what you're doing and it's scary, right? Like because you're opening your home to somebody, you know, and you're at the fucking, you know, they, they, they could hold a hostage like your, your fucking property, you know, they could like shit on you if you forget something. It's pretty nerve wracking. So it took a lot of attention to detail. I mean like the staging of the home, like we were essentially went through like 
thrift stores and um, just flea markets to get uh, like furnish the whole unit. And I mean, we spent quite a bit of money on, you know, the like the cutlery, the fucking sheets like all that shit costs money man like it's it's i don't say it's ridiculous but it's something that you have to consider and it, it, it also costs time you know what i mean and like luckily one of us was more design gifted than the other and that wasn't that hard but it's just a skill that you have to keep in mind Luckily, there was two of us. Imagine if there was one person and that one person has no sense of taste. Putting together an Airbnb may not be as easy as it may sound. So definitely that's one thing to consider when it comes to that I learned from Airbnb. Like I, I that's like that was an eye opener of mine. That has a lot to do. And then also like your descriptions, like your ability to take photos. Like th These things are simple, but they do take some skill luckily you know we've had experiences in the past that like facilitate this shit but it's something to keep in mind of you know the logistics behind it if you've never done it before can be a little complicated when you're juggling your personal life especially if you have back-to-back -back bookings you know if somebody leaves on one day and then later on that day somebody comes in like that could be conflicting i mean you have to be able to prioritize things in your life in your personal life so that's another thing that we learned i mean you need to be willing to do other people's laundry like it's just a lot of you know you could outsource everything sure you can but then that also is going to cost you money like this we weren't when we started this venture with airbnb it's because we had tried listing the property with an agent and the agent was just leading us along we didn't feel like well, there wasn't any traction, right? There wasn't any, um, there wasn't any traction. There wasn't any real momentum behind the listing. Like we didn't see, we didn't get offers in three months. So we took it upon ourselves to list the property. Uh, we just paid a broker to list the property on the MLS and then we self marketed it. <laughs> market it and staged it and while we had it staged that's when we listed it as an airbnb so we had to juggle those two things that was pretty interesting the one thing with this though it actually went it helped for like for us it it facilitated just given the property exposure for those that were looking for investment properties and let me explain because we had the property listed on airbnb on Airbnb, more or less, you could tell if a property is uh, booked or not, just or how popular it is, right? Because there's properties that are just available but unavailable, right? Like meaning that they're currently listed, but the dates that you may want it may be limited because they're so popular. Well, you could also find and and communicate that on your MLS listing stating that, you know, the property is currently being used as a short-term rental. Well, you know, you could cross-reference these two databases 
to figure out, hey, there's a property that is being sold for X amount of money. And the same property with the same photos is also listed on the MLS or on Airbnb. And it rents out for X amount of money per day, averaging X amount of money per month. Therefore, you take the income from Airbnb and then take it minus whatever the payment may be on buying purchasing the property and you could see the spread right so as that's exactly what happened somebody from out of state saw it on both platforms communicated with us they came inside we negotiated a price boom fucking sold it that was that was good but it took way too fucking like it was another learning experience right we didn't lose money on this one um and surprisingly like the airbnb booked i mean something that i learned about my area of town is seasons do matter over here the weather does matter and the weather is a very good predictor of the airbnb uh, popularity here in town so um with that we definitely got lucky um we had to take in um like we had to cap our availability you know because the home was being sold like we had to coordinate with the buyer's listing agent and like our Airbnb guest, you know, to make sure that we were agreeing on an appropriate day. And yeah, that was that. I mean, it was good. It was good. Definitely. In my opinion, like the money was good, right? The money was obviously like the motivation, but man, it tested my health. So, fucking bad like i was pretty stressed out and i was pretty much only eating about once a day maybe twice a day and i was eating fast food because they had the most calories like that was kind of like my no i was probably eating twice a day like i would i would eat lunch because i was working my nine to five so i would eat lunch and and then I'll just go straight to the condo. It was about a 40-minute drive from where I worked. And then I'll change, and I'll work till about 7.30, so from, like, 5.30 to 7.30, which was shitty. Like, now looking back at it, like, I shouldn't have done that because it takes so much time, especially when you're dealing with some of these projects in construction. I mean, it takes you time to prep, and then it takes you time to clean up. So I was basically spending probably like it wasn't worth it the amount of time that i spent cleaning versus the amount of work that i was doing just didn't make sense dude like it just didn't make sense so now looking back at it like it would have been best if you know maybe like i took um instead of doing a couple hours after work it would be just from like a health perspective really it would be probably better to just like fork up <laughs> taking fri like a Friday off, you know, like if I had a nine to five, like I'll take just Friday off and then just fucking workhorse it, you know, for three days and then not do, I want to say not do shit, but not do any of the laborish intensive labor stuff during the days that you have three to four hours. Right. And I mean, yeah, you can sit here and say that, you know, you could work all night, you could work long hours, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I was still going to the gym first thing in the morning. Like, I wasn't going to give that up. So I was only working on that shit in, 
after and like I still had to get up and go to the gym, I wasn't going to skip the gym. It's just, just, I just wasn't going to do it. So <laughs> that's how we did it. And um, I mean, like I said, it tested a lot of like my, there was a lot of times that I just wanted to go home, dude. I was fucking beat. And then there, there were days where I was just like, couldn't move. And I mean, that was tough, but I mean, you, you can't really like at that point there was no alternative, like, because I had nothing else to do. Right. I couldn't just sit in peace with myself. If I wasn't working on that, like if I wasn't going out there and finishing that fucking project, I couldn't be okay. You know, cause we had no money. Like I had no fucking money. It's not like I had a hobby at this point because I, you know, dumped all the resources into that. And dude, like, even though I was hurting, I mean, I was going to be hurting anyway, right? Like, <laughs> didn't matter. So, I, yeah, I made myself, put myself through that. And was it worth it? At the end of the day, it was a great learning experience. I am so happy that I did it. Very, very grateful for the experiences that I learned. Personally, I would, I'm sticking to different ways of investing in real estate. Not that I'm against real estate or anything, or but it's just at the state, at the stage in my life where I'm at with my health specifically and looking at just the level of stress that that whole experience put my life through. And looking at the outcome, I wouldn't be willing to jeopardize that again, you know, just because the feeling of doing stuff for money, slowly, solely for money, and I don't know, it's just not, not, not a place where I want to be in, you know, I don't necessarily want to do that again so i would rather not like <laughs> i'll just leave it at that like i would just rather not go through that um i think there's definitely a like if i w if i could have done things better or different um i think i would have probably leveraged what i could to improve my current credit and probably being yeah like a little bit more patient um i think there's certain well i don't know man it's it's hard to say like if i would have done anything different because just the whole learn experience was so empowering just from every level so i think if i if I were to flip another property again, I think the one of the things that I would look for would be probably condition, like overall condition and access or accessibility of repair. Meaning that considering how hard something is to repair, right? Like for example, if it just needs updating, that's something that it's easy to explain and, and you could hire somebody to do that, like to outsource that. I guess like accessibility to outsource as well because I personally like I wouldn't want to be doing the labor anymore. Like I, I just not like I said I'm not willing to risk my health like that. 
and it has to be in a prime location like prime location prime position as well um i think that we don't realize if we want to get the, like some of the things that are the most valuable are the things that you can't duplicate so for example okay i'll give you this perfect example so the bottom story depending on where you are right or like the middle stories are always going to be cheaper than the top stories right because being all the way at the top being a top unit you're not going to be like, like there's only one of them you can't have two top units in the same building. It doesn't, like, you know. So it it really, like, every tower has only one top. And taking that concept is I would try to buy the top, you know, and then just play the long-term game, uh, which brings me closely to my second, um, or I guess, like, my, my third, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it, but, like, my duplex this was something that I, you know, I'm not really going to get too much into the the in-betweens. I'll just tell you some of the valuable things that we we considered valuable that were true long-term. It wasn't the right zip code. There's certain zip codes in your area or just in general that would always hold value, right? Um, primarily zip codes with iconic names or you know your whatever fucking or or whatever your typical not typical but your overall consensus of the area will, will far more or less have some type of value associated with it right and an example of this would be like beverly hills right again you want to buy the top well if you buy something, even though if it's shitty, but just because it's on Beverly Hills, it's going to be worth more than something else, right? And the reason being is because there's only one Beverly Hills. And Beverly Hills, like having the Beverly Hills zip code is worth something. Um, the same thing goes for like a downtown. Like if you're in the downtown zip code, like if the city blows up, then the downtown is always going to be baller and it's always going to be expensive. That's... These are like some of the basic stuff, right? So there are some of the things that we looked for long, like I said, long-term. Um, and again, just upside. Look, looking for things that have upside. Um, this unit had a lot of upside because it couldn't really, it couldn't really, like when we bought it, I just didn't really see it going below a specific amount of money. Reason being is because it's, it had two doors, and which is the upside, right? Like two doors is always going to be worth more than one door. So the fact that it had two doors was like like a big plus, a big, a big top. It, the other thing was like in the zip code that it was, it was a very popular zip code, and I knew that regardless of where the economy was, that was going to be the most expensive zip code in the city at least, right? So that was another thing. And then... Uh, the third one was, so the home itself, the, like the, uh, it couldn't be duplicated, right? Like you couldn't 
build really in that town. You couldn't do anything into it because it was like the 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 duplex component is it wasn't approved. It's not approved. It's not you can't like build new construction because it's a historic part of town. So can't be duplicated again. And it just held value. And as the real estate market increased, so the, the like the bottom of like the cheapest the helm could be was still significantly higher, right? Than the majority of the homes because of its location. And it just it had so many unique components of it. Now this was a play that like worked out long term, but again, it wasn't like this was my intention. It's not like I really was trying to have the specific outcome or know what type of outcome I was going to get. I just knew that I wanted to not lose money. And that's really like the name of the game for me at the time was just because I just didn't want to be broke and, and I just wanted to keep the money that I was making. So I was doing what I could to learn and to position myself to increase my wealth. So this particular home, we just... You know, we learn about management. We learn about fucking tenants. We learn about like listings. We learn about more real estate law than we wanted to. Um, we learned about just yeah, like marketing, like for properties. Like we learned a lot about marketing, like photography. We just we had a lot of lessons that I don't think would have been possible. We also, and this was something that you know, being far away from the property because we, we like live in a different state than where the property was. We, we didn't need to be there, which was the good thing. Like we, once we gave up the control and we said we are a thousand miles away from or whatever, like however far it is, we're super far away from the property. We don't fucking live there. And we are literally utilizing our resources to facilitate the whole process when it comes to dealing with the property. So we had a property manager. Like, we hired somebody to do all the shit. We outsourced the work and stuff. And that we had to somewhat let go of the control because there's only so much that you could do, right? And there's only so much that you could influence i'm not saying that we did we absolutely maximize our potential into influencing every single decision no but you have to take into account your time and your current energy right like you only have so much awareness so kind of trying to focus your attention and energy to try to manipulate something that is so far away from you and that the outcome really is not that influential in the grand scheme of things it's worth it. Like being able to recognize, just be honest with yourself and be like, okay, so like, is this worth it? What's the worst thing that can happen? Like, and once, once we, I don't say that we gave up, but like we weren't so controlling of the outcomes. And we just kind of accepted that we just weren't going to be there and we weren't going to have control of everything that happened. You know, because the reality is that you could have the best people you could think that you know everything about 
a specific person, that they do a specific job. You may think that they're very reliable in a specific field, and those things could be true, but life can happen. And those people could also experience certain things that may influence their performance at your expense. And it doesn't mean that they're harmful. It doesn't mean that you know they're, they're trying to betray you or anything, but things do happen. And we can't we couldn't control that stuff like we're in a total different place we are we i mean you know just to give you an example if someone's car doesn't work or gets stolen right like just worst case scenario someone's car gets stolen well yeah they're probably gonna miss some stuff you know and that may cause that may have severe influences right it may delay processes significantly to you know cause maybe some type of penalty fees or whatever and yeah th there's a lot of things that go into it and even if you could reverse everything well there's still time energy and resources that goes into that whole process because life just fucking happens and there's nothing that we could do about it so once we accepted that we i guess like felt a lot better about the whole situation and we i mean luckily we <laughs> We came out on top and everything is okay and and um, we definitely learned so much from it. Um, we are going to be shifting our investment strategies when it comes to real estate. I haven't really chosen any specific like style. I don't really know what we're going to be doing um, in the future. It's not that we're never going to invest in real estate again. It's just I... At the time, I think just flipping homes uh, may not be our calling. You know, not not that it doesn't work, and, and not that you can't do it. There's definitely a lot of people that have a lot have they have had a lot of success. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can make it work. I, I think just our attention currently uh, is in different parts of. We're just in just interested in different things, so. Um, but we learned so much and it was it's been really good. I mean I mean I'm still interested in real estate. I don't think I'll ever give that up. I mean we I look at real estate all the time. So I'm sure I'll be investing in some type of real estate sometime soon. But until then, uh, I'm gonna focus on other stuff and just things that I do really enjoy that bring me the most value. So that was my experience. That's been my experience flipping homes. Like I said, um made some money, lost some money, but ultimately it's an overall great experience. And some of that, if you are super interested, fucking get into it. Like it doesn't, it really doesn't hurt. Like you, you're going to learn so much and, and it's going to teach you a lot. Even if you may not be able to fulfill a full flip, right? Like even if you start the process, well, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to learn about, if you don't know what you're doing, I mean, this is gonna you're gonna confront a lot of unknowns that are gonna require you to um, take on more response like a greater level of responsibility to overcome the unknown. So it's a win-win in my opinion. Um, definitely, there's a lot of ways of actually making a fuck ton of money. Um, so definitely self self educate and uh, just ask questions. There's a lot of people that want to help. There's a lot of people that know a lot of things, um, and you could reach out to anybody really so hope you enjoyed it this is in the podcast i'm the bro host and i'll catch you on the next one peace